Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Another But Sports with Kent Sterling for Tuesday, December 17th, 2019. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. I got a direct message yesterday from a guy said, hey, are you being honest with us about Today's Dentistry and Dr. Mike O'Neill? I need a new dentist. He said, I don't live too far from the office. What do you think? And I said, dude, I do not lie ever. Life is way too short to lie. I engage only in the truth, no matter what. You know what? People pay me. People don't tell, pay me. I'm telling the truth about them. Dr. Mike O'Neill is the best dentist I've ever gone to. 317-849-2933. And not only that, his entire staff, professional as hell. They love their patients. You're human beings to them. That place absolutely rocks. 317-849-2933. The Indianapolis Colts, I'll tell you the truth about them too. They sucked last night. They stunk on ice and it started with the defense where you haven't had a whole lot of injuries. Kenny Moore, really important, but that's one piece of your defense. And last night, the entire defense was terrible. The front couldn't get any pressure on Breeze and the back end couldn't get in the way of the football as it approached Saints receivers. It was awful. Breeze went 29 of 30 last night. Nobody in the history of the NFL has ever done that, ever. He did something that nobody has ever done. 97.3% or something like that was his completion percentage or 96.8, whatever the hell it was. It was crazy and the highest in the history of the game for an entire game. All right, this game of football has been played since, what, 1920? This is the 100th season? And nobody has ever done what Breeze did last night because no defense has ever been as incompetent and inept as the Colts' defense last night with the leadership that it had in Matt Eberflus. How in the world, and we talked about this throughout the week looking forward to this game, how in the world do the Colts play that zone 
All right, keep the ball in front of us zone against Drew Brees. When you know he gets it off quick, he is very, very difficult to put pressure on. The Colts don't do a great job of putting pressure on quarterbacks. So you stay in that keep the ball in front of you zone, and Drew Brees is just playing pitch and catch. What the hell is the matter with Matty Eberflus? That result, look, I know that it might have been even worse had you gone man. All right, but how the hell could it be worse? He was 29 of 30 for 307, four touchdowns and no picks. You can't play better than that, for God's sake. What do you want? Are, are you hanging your hat on the winning completion? The scheme was correct because we had one in completion? Absolutely absurd. Matt Eberflus, to me, just based on last night, because you knew that this thing was going to be a debacle before you walked into the stadium, if you knew what that schematic was going to be for the Colts' defense. You knew that Breeze was going to tear you apart. You gave your team no chance to even compete in this game. And to me, that's malpractice at a level where you cannot move forward during the offseason with Matt Eberflus as a defensive coordinator. You just can't. Let's talk about the questions that await Chris Ballard in the offseason, and not even in the offseason. The offseason's already begun, let's face it, right? There's 6-8, and eight, no path to the playoffs whatsoever. So let's talk about the five burning questions. I wrote about it today on KentSterling.com. Question number one, of course, is, is Brissett the quarterback in 2020? You know, that's a hell of a good question. I guess it depends on what you can go get as somebody else. I think we all know that Brian Hoyer is a ghost. He should not play because you know you're going to lose a game that he's going to start. That's just the way it is. He is not reliable as a starting quarterback, so why in the world would you have him as a backup quarterback? What the hell is the point of having a backup quarterback you don't feel comfortable with as a potential starter? You felt good with Jacoby Brissett as a backup because he can go in and be a game manager. He's not going to lose it for you. He's not going to win it for you either, but at least he's not going to lose it for you. He is a high-quality backup in the NFL. As a starting quarterback, he doesn't make enough plays. He is not going to win you games late. He's not going to lose you games early, but he's not going to win you games late. And in the fourth quarter, that's where starting quarterbacks have to earn their money. That's where Andrew Luck earned his money. Jacoby Brissett cannot earn his money in the fourth quarter. It's just not who he is. There is a DNA to quarterbacks, and you cannot try to steer against the DNA. In steering Jacoby Brissett to be a more freewheeling type guy who's going to take a shot, that's not who Jacoby Brissett is. Jacoby Brissett is a guy who isn't going to throw you a lot of touchdowns, but he's not going to throw you very many many interceptions either. If you're a dominant team, if you've got a great defense and you're going to rely on your running game, you can win with Jacoby Brissett. That's not what the Colts are. They don't have a dominant defense, and they don't even right now have a competent running game. So no, Jacoby Brissett should not be the starting quarterback in 2020. If he is, you're looking at Aiden Aiden again because that is who Brissett is. Brissett, you look statistically. Brissett is ranked 16th or 20th or 18th or 15th in almost everything but interceptions thrown. He is a game manager's game manager. He is utterly mediocre among starters in the NFL, and you don't win Super Bowls very often with a mediocre starting quarterback. All right, number two, should Matt Eberflus be retained as defensive coordinator? 
we already kind of talked about this because I got hot early and and kind of jumped the uh, jumped into this question. I don't think so. I just can't imagine you're going to bring Matt Eberflus back to run this defense again when you've seen exactly what it does. I know with Eberflus as a coordinator last year, the Colts, they won nine of their last 10, and that defense kind of started to show. This year, not so much. This year, it has not been terribly good. Again, they're mediocre by almost every measure. They're a little bit better than most against the run. Why that is? Because they are easy to beat via the pass. Against the pass, they are not very good. You saw that last night. You saw that the previous week against Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers scored 38 points while turning it over four times. Never seen it. Hope never to see it again unless the Colts are the beneficiaries of it. Matt Eberflus, I'd go get somebody else. Could, could we get for once somebody who's going to be a little bit aggressive? And I don't care. I mean, everybody loves blitzes, right? I don't care about that stuff. I just want people to be held accountable. When you play that dogged-up zone, you're just saying, look, we're willing to give up 7, 8, 10, 12 yards a pass. We're just trying to keep the ball in front of us so we don't get beat via big plays. You know what? That is that it, Mike Chappell said it today on Dan Dockett's show. That is death by a thousand paper cuts, and you can't have it. Go take, take the game. Determine what a team's going to do. Don't be so reactive. Don't be so acquiescent to an unopposing offense, for God's sake. Go get a guy who's a mean pain in the ass, is going to come in a room and say, we're going man all day long, and if you can't defend guys man-to-man, we're going to cut your ass. You're going to be out on the street. Now let's go and win football games. Can we do that? Can we hold people accountable? Is it possible for the Colts to hold people accountable? They, You know what? At every turn, what the Colts do is, at least with the media, they're like, well, we don't get angry, and we're always looking forward, and it's 1% better every day, and blah, 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 and that's fine. Doing that with the media, that's one thing. If you do that with your team, that is a giant, giant problem. You have got to hold people accountable because I'll tell you this, you are what you tolerate. That's the truest thing I've ever said. Number three, why are the Colts always banged up more than most NFL teams? It's a hell of a good question. I have no idea. I don't have an MD. I'm not an orthopedic guy. I have no idea. Is it the utterly flatness of the field at Lucas Oil Stadium? Is it the way they go about their business? Is it the training staff team docs? I don't know. But somebody's got to find out. And when they do find out, they got to correct what it is. Because injuries... Year after year after year after year. And this isn't like a one-year anomaly, right? Where, wow, we had a lot of guys go on IR this year. That's not what this is. This is year after year. The Colts are at or near the top in the NFL for number of games lost by starting level players. That's the deal. You just had a quarterback who 15 15 days before the opener decided he wanted to retire rather than rehab. All right, he had been banged up so much. Part of that is his style of play. But it can't all be that. T.Y. Hilton has been banged up all year long and has missed games. Chester Rogers, IR. Paris Campbell, IR. Devin Funches, IR. Now, that was falling on his collarbone and breaking his collarbone, so that's one thing. Uh, Ebron, Eric Ebron, double ankle surgery 
for God's sake. What the hell's going on? Where Marlon Mack is injured quite a bit. You've had Kenny Moore, Pierre Desir, these guys injured a little bit. What is going on with this team where they can't keep people healthy? you got to find out what that is because there is nothing more important to a football team and their ability to win football games than continued health. That offensive line, you know what? The offensive line, I always thought it was a strength, and those guys have done nothing but play together all season long. Nobody has missed a game this season. But what happened to that offensive line? Where is the dominance of that offensive line? Unless it's, you know, uh, look, we're going to put seven, eight guys in a box. You can't block them all. We're going to dare Brissett to beat us. That may be what's going on. It might be schematic to some extent, but I just don't like the way. You know what? Man-on-man trying to open up holes for a running game. I don't see it the way I did early in the season. Number four, should Chad Kelly start the last two games all right now this is this is always interesting because we always want this right fans always want the guy who in the preseason is absolutely magical against guys who are not going to make a roster we love that guy we've never seen Chad Kelly do anything but be spectacular was that because he was playing against like I said guys who aren't going to make a roster or is it because this guy has a rocket for an arm has great feet, can move in the pocket, and can scramble. What is it about Chad Kelly? And do you trust this guy? Because here's the deal, too. You've got to be able to trust your starting quarterback. His behavior has to be absolutely perfect. He's got to set the example, and Chad Kelly, over the course of his life, over the course of his young life, whether it's going to Von Miller's uh, Halloween party and then drunkenly walking uh, into a neighbor's house and kind of setting up shop and, and watching TV on the couch with the people who live there. Is that the deal or is that the kid or was that an aberration? And what can, what can you expect out of that guy if you make him the starting quarterback? That's the question about Chad Kelly. Because if he comes in these last two games and he lights it up, then you got an issue, right? You have invited, I'm not going to say a problem, but certainly a challenge inside that locker room. If Kelly shows himself to be more dynamic and more trustworthy than Jacoby Brissett, what you got? Are you going to go into camp next year not knowing who your starter is going to be? Are you going to go into the draft and say, you know what, we like Kelly, so we're not going to draft anybody Even though we don't really like Brissett and we don't want him to be our starter, we'll have him be a backup with Chad Kelly as a starter, which is not going to happen, by the way. But if it did, and then Chad Kelly this summer does something incredibly stupid, you got a big problem. Then you have a vacancy at the quarterback position. you got to be able to trust the guy. And, And by playing Chad Kelly, you put yourself in a position where fans are going to wonder, exactly what you're thinking the people in the locker room are going to think you've lost your mind you you got a lot of problems if you play Chad Kelly a quarterback that's one school of thought the other school of thought is hey what the hell's the difference you're six and eight what are you gonna do like if if Chad Kelly goes out and he's electric you wind up eight and eight you feel pretty good about Chad Kelly and that's not a bad thing and if he goes out and he throws 16 interceptions over the the next two weeks that's okay too because, you know what, 6-10 and 10 is a hell of a lot better than 8-8, eight and eight, at least in terms of the draft. Now, Chuck Pagano 
would always argue, you know, you go out to win the game, we're not playing for a draft slot, blah, 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 all that happy horse nonsense. Look, I want the best draft pick we can get in the first, second, and third round. Okay, so if that means going 6-10, and 10, let's go 6-10. and 10. What are we doing? Do you need to show people, hey, look, we're not dead. We can show up the last two weeks against Carolina where they're going to have a guy start for the first time, I guess, and then the next weekend against Gardner, Min- Gardner Minshew and his stupid-ass mustache, and we beat them. Hey, we're trending up the momentum. It's swung in our favor. Nonsense. Do what you got to do to get the good draft pick so you can make this team better. Drafting at 10 instead of drafting at 16, that is a big deal. Number five, what the hell's with special teams? Last night, you've got a beautiful punt by Rigoberto Sanchez that's down on the one, and it comes back because of a penalty, and so you got to re-kick, and that re-kick is tipped and goes four yards beyond the line of scrimmage, Drew Brees has got a short field, and all of a sudden you're down 3 nothing. Right? Is it Bubba Ventrone, the coach? Is it the personnel? Do you have legit guys playing special teams, legit special teamers, or are you taking the third-string running back and the fifth wide receiver on the roster and the last cornerback you decided to keep and backup linebackers, whether or not they have talent for special teams or not, and putting them out there? Is it personnel? Is it leadership? That's the question you have to decide. And you got to decide. <laughs> like, Can you imagine bringing back Adam Vinatieri? I cannot. Adam, I hope he's fine with his knee. I hope that he lives a happy and comfortable life. He is one wonderful human being. He's got a great family. Love Adam Vinatieri to death. But I don't want to see him kick again. And and I don't want next year to have to worry about Adam Vinatieri and his legacy and all that crap. I don't like sitting on pins and needles as guys kick. I like being certain that the Colts or whoever team I'm rooting for in the moment, that their kicker is reliable enough to not miss 15 kicks. The Colts have missed 15 kicks this year, 15 of them. Their opponents, you know how many they've missed? Two. Both field goals haven't missed a single extra point against us, and they've only missed two field goals. The difference, I believe, uh, I looked it up last week, it was like 27 points, and that's a hell of a thing. You know, you're talking about a point and a half a game over the course of a regular season. In fact, a little bit more than that. And a point and a half a game is going to get you beat twice. All right? So special teams, you got to clean up. Does that mean that Ventrone's got to go? Matt Overton, long snapper extraordinaire, formerly with the Indianapolis Colts. He told me on Twitter today, you know what? They have great leadership. It's a matter of personal. I'll take Matt at his word. All right, let's talk about something else because my head's going to explode from what went on last night and what's gone on over the last, what, nine, ten weeks of the NFL season. I mean, this team started five and two, and now they're six and eight, and they're spinning completely out of control. And uh, they might just be good enough to win these last two games and not get the draft, the draft uh, slot that they should. Should be somewhere just inside or right around 10. And uh, if they went out, they could wind up being 16, 17, and nobody wants that. All right, National Signing Day 
tomorrow in college football. The early signing period that day is tomorrow. Where's Indiana? You see on 24-7 sports that their recruiting class to this point is ranked 12th of the 14 teams in the uh, in the Big Ten, but that doesn't mean that's where they're going to finish. A lot of things happen on signing day. A lot of commits, decommit, decide they're going someplace else. We'll see if Indiana can't wrestle a few commits away from somebody else and have them pledge Bloomington. If they do, that'd be a good thing. Tom Allen has improved the recruiting at Indiana. You would think that Indiana winning eight, losing four, getting an invitation to the Gator Bowl, that that would be a good thing for recruiting. I hope that it is. They've got some guys graduating, and uh, Tom Allen needs some replacements. The Pacers, Lakers tonight. Frank Vogel coming back to Indianapolis. He'll be at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. And then, of course, you've got the other guy uh, with the Lakers that I I just, man, now we're going to see. We went through a phase where we saw a lot of Cavaliers jerseys at Bankers Life Fieldhouse, and then Miami Heat jerseys, and then Cavaliers again, and now it's going to be Lakers jerseys. For the love of God, pick a team. Not LeBron. He can play wherever the hell he wants. But if you're going to root, don't root for guys. Root for a team. Pick a team, for God's sake. I, I, I People, fans who root for guys just drive me nuts. Uh, Purdue is at Ohio tonight. That game, 9 o'clock on ESPN2. I'm going to tell you what the score is going to be. It's going to be 76-53, Purdue. There you go. Getting very, very specific. I'm getting a, That's a little bit of hubris, isn't it? Not just telling you the spread, I'm telling you the score. 76-53. Here is a thing about Ohio that I think is really kind of interesting. They allow opponents to shoot a higher percentage from the foul line than any other team in Division I basketball. They rank 353rd in field or free throw percentage against at 82.1%, which is an entire percentage uh, point ahead of number 352, which is at 81.1. So uh, that is odd. Some teams, it's about 60. For Indiana, they're right in the middle. It ranked about 160th. But Ohio University has allowed opponents. And, and, and I'm like, there's no, there's no allowing. There's no defense on a free throw. We know this. But for some reason, teams are hitting an unconscionable level of free throws against Ohio. I can't explain it. We'll see if it holds true tonight. You would think in the end it's got to balance out one way or another. And at some point, somebody's going to go like three for 18, and that percentage is going to come back into line with the majority of college basketball teams anyway. Purdue tonight at Ohio. I'm going to spend a lot of time watching the Pacers and and Lakers because I think this is a good test for the Pacers. I think the Pacers are in a position at 18 and 9 where they can kind of raise some hell. They've got a tough stretch of road in the schedule coming up. I think they need to go 500 against, I mean, that's always the thing, right? You go 500 against the teams above you in the standings, and the Lakers, obviously above the Pacers, they're 24 and 3 right now. So they're above everybody, a little bit above the, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. But you, you split against them. And then against the bottom feeders, you just beat the living hell out of them. And, and by doing that, you wind up with a really good season. I think that the Pacers, I told you I thought that they were going to win 53 before the season started. They're on a pace to win 54. So far, I look like a smart guy. Victor Oladipo, he's getting closer. He's practicing today in Fort Wayne. He'll come back tonight for the game. 
I think Victor is going to be back sooner rather than later. He's moving around really well. It's about building strength in that leg and making sure that it's as sound as it can be before he comes back. And uh, that's going to be interesting because all of a sudden the defense of that first unit is going to get better and the offense of the second unit is going to get better too as Jeremy Lamb transitions from starter to backup. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. I know you're waiting with bated breath. Uh, 8 o'clock straight up on Facebook Live and then on Periscope Live, which is also accessible on Twitter. It follows at 8.15. It's a show so nice we do it twice. And if you have not picked up, oops, The Art of Learning from Mistakes and Adventures, which I wrote, it's out for Christmas. You can still order it and have it delivered by Christmas. I suggest you do it today. I've gotten so many notes from people, really, really nice, who uh, who are enjoying it. And it's uh, it's a book of mistakes. I've, I've screwed some things up over the course of my life, and this book is all about that because I want people to be happy with their mistakes. Mistakes are how we learn, right? This is how we learn. We learn from mistakes. Chris Ballard hopefully has learned from the mistakes that he made in 17, 18, and now 19, and he's going to be better for it in 2020. Learning from your mistakes is not easy because first you've got to admit your mistakes. These mistakes I think they'll make you feel better about your mistakes because these are these are significant mistakes, errors I've made, not out of being vindictive or to be, or of being malevolent, just out of being a human being and making a goofy decision at an odd time. That's what these are. Some of them are kind of funny. Some of them are kind of sweet. Some of them you scratch your head and say, what the hell is the matter with that guy? Anyway, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, Goodreads.com as well. Just search Oops, two O's. And then Kent or Sterling or a combination of the three, and up it will come. Uh, Order it today. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Join me.